0: Hi
3: guys, welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, every step along the way. So this week we'll discuss the Lost versus Palace, discuss the upcoming 50th anniversary game versus Blackpool. We'll look at all the news from around the club this week, and of course, another Stoke City quiz. It's that time again, so uh welcome back to the pod, Dan. How are we doing? you doing? You're right, mate. Yeah,
4: I'm very good. Thank you very much, mate. How are you?
3: Yeah, not bad. Thank you, mate. Not bad. I think you've that uh, the, the missus causing trouble again.
4: I believe. <laughs> yeah. I want a uh, season ticket for Stoke. I need a season ticket for uh, the hospital. I think. I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> say, mate.
3: Uh, yeah, not no, not long now, mate. your pops. I can't. Uh, I kind of can't wait to see uh, little little baby Buxton. Looking forward to that.
4: Well, uh, well, according to the text message you see sending me from a little bed in the hospital, in the minute. It's, uh, yeah, they're
5: they worried she may be on the way now. <laughs> oh, oh God. If we hear a sudden leave, it's because Dan has to run up to hospital. If you hear the, you
4: hear the door, <laughs> door shut.
5: Remember, you did say that you'd keep the podcast going as you were there, so... I did.
3: <laughs> you a good, lads. And obviously, that other Dorset town is, of course, Andy. Andy, welcome back to the pod.
5: I appreciate it, mate. It's been a pretty decent evening and hopefully we can have a decent weekend with the results
3: yeah good mate absolutely because uh, obviously people won't know but we've been on the seasiders pod uh this evening haven't we yeah having a bit of a chat with them um really nice down-to-earth guys actually some of their comments that they have from some (laughs) people were a bit delusional
5: boring club with a boring manager
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah so um yeah, it was it was interesting. We you know the the guys themselves some really good points about FFP and good to see things from their perception stuff. So no, it was pretty good. Um, so if anyone wants to actually go and watch that, by the way, if you look at, look for Seaside as part, I think it is um, on YouTube, be able to see us uh, ramble on for forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I wish I could say like we're discussing a win here. Um, now while we're not discussing a win, Palace. Uh, now we obviously did the first. Midweek podcast, look uh, obviously previewing the Palace game, um, but uh, I mean I'll start with you, uh, really Dan. So in terms of performance, what was your overall thoughts, mate?
4: Well, I thought we, I was really impressed. I mean, obviously we were disappointed with Bournemouth at weekend, not so much in the performance, but the sort of lack of a bit of luck maybe at the end, just to get something from it that the lads' the effort deserved, if nothing else. And it was a bit similar again, wasn't it, in midweek? Um, which I think a lot of people maybe can can you know, say it's it happened too often where we've been winning and conceded, but you know, we're away to a Premier League side here and you know, we've got a lot of players missing, a lot of players who we've brought in to strengthen the side in January weren't available. And I thought we'd give a very good account of ourselves. I thought we took the game to them. Um, if you if you read a lot of Crystal Palace's supporters, what they think, I've seen a lot on social media where they were very disappointed and thought that they were very much on the back foot for the whole of the game and very lucky to come away with the with the
3: win. I was going to say um, there was a lot of uh, very lucky comments, weren't
4: there? Yeah, and I think that's what it was. I think they just, you know, they. For example, put it this way: Jack Jack Butland flapped it across. It fell to Liam Moore, and the, the guy got back and headed it off the line, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he got man Jack of the match Bond for that. That he flaps it across, and it ended up in the back of the net. And I suppose that's just the difference, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to
3: say, yeah. I mean, if, if you look at them, them goals. I mean, the first one wasn't a bloody corner in the first place. Um, so, so that that was. Stupid for a start. Um, And then, yeah, of all places, the bottom could have tried to punch. I remember at the time, though, mate, he should not be punching that. I don't get it with goalkeepers punching every flipping time. Just catch the damn ball. And we had three players around him, and they were all Stoke players. He was not under any pressure, but he did this Superman dive. And I'm not saying it was all his fault. I mean, it's sod's law that he just falls to the one place you don't want it to fall. But if he catches that ball, you know, it doesn't happen. The situation doesn't occur. So I think that that was the frustrating thing for me. And somebody made a comment about, you know, Bonham. He's weird. He's done nothing wrong, but I'm not confident in him. And I don't, I don't know what it is. I think there's a lot of people with that shared opinion. And me personally, mate, we'll get onto teams later. But I want to see Joe Bursik back, back on the team. Uh, I'm one of them people where I don't know why. I just don't like him.
4: Yeah, he just doesn't fill me with confidence either. I'm, I'm, I'm with you definitely on that one. I think, I think basic helps us play better, helps us play out better, and I think he, you know, he's 21 years old and he's done. He's played for England. I saw a tweet. I think we we retweeted him. We, we? yeah, you know, he's played for England at under 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Won the under 17 World Cup. 100 appearances before the age of 21. You know, there's not many goalkeepers. They've got that kind of resume. You just gotta, you know, he's well ahead of a standard goalkeeping career, isn't he? You know, most most twenty-one-year-olds aren't playing Championship or above football at this stage. You know, they they're out on loan and in the non-leagues or in the lower leagues and gaining a bit of experience there. He's been thrust. Maybe he's had his progression accelerated by an injury crisis last season, and. And after that now, yeah, we, we may be expecting expecting too much from him, but it's only because of the of, of the sort of the promise that he's shown us as, as such yeah, a young yeah. man. And I think yeah, you, you just gotta stick with him. There's gonna be ups and downs, the same as there would be with a with a twenty-one year old centre midfielder or a twenty one year old striker, twenty one year old left back. You know, they're all they're gonna have ups and downs, but it's just in that position. It gets highlighted a bit more. And to be honest, I don't I don't particularly know what he did so wrong to get a drop for Bournemouth. I don't particularly remember him making any horrific mistakes lately.
3: No, I think, I can't remember what it was now, uh, but made a comment that he was, you know, we've changed the goalkeeper because we've been conceding a lot. And, and like he's saying, I don't think you can really blame Joe for that. I mean, Andy, do you think that, I mean, I, again, I saw, I saw this comment. So we have probably the weakest set of goalkeepers that we've had for a long time, Fielding Bonham, Joe. I'll be honest, I probably quite agree with that almost. Uh, I mean, I, I won't count Joe as a weak goalkeeper for the reasons Dan's just mentioned. But, I mean, what's your thoughts on the whole Bonham and also the, just the collective of goalkeepers? Do you think we're going to have to see another couple of keepers come in in, in this one?
5: Right, I think we do need, you know, stronger goalkeepers that are going to be pushing each other to that number one spot. Joe Bursic is obviously, he's been out injured with a knee injury, might still be slightly recovering from that, but it's not really the goals we've been conceding are not, you know, really the goalkeeper's fault, it's mainly um, the defence, like we spoke about the goals that Joe's been conceding, it's normally low driven crosses and the attackers are getting to it, like for example Cameron Jerome's goal um, for Luton when they played us, it's not much he can really do about it, with Bonham he does like to punch it out and yes that can put him at you know, the risk of conceding which he has done, but if Michael O'Neill's complaining about you know wanting to change the goalkeeper and complaining about how much we're conceding, and then we change the goalkeeper and it happens again, hasn't he got to look at the defense as well and think you know there's one or two players here who either need more training or just not putting in the performances that you know we need as a club who within you know by the end of next season want to be in those playoff places or there or thereabouts.
3: Yeah, and I think. That's the one position for me that you just can't keep switching and changing every week. The yeah. defence has got to have confidence in its goalkeeper. Um, so, no, absolutely, we need to sort that out. Whether it's Joe or whether it's somebody else, but you're right, we need that number one keeper. But If um, we do
5: get a number one in, maybe Joe can learn you know, from an experienced keeper who has quality on what to be the future number one of Stoke City.
3: Well, yeah, we'll say it's all going to come down to money again, I think, let's be honest. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. I think Fielding, obviously, he's just a stopgap as a, a case of an emergency. But He's a
5: training um, emergency.
3: Yeah, and I thought one thing I wanted to pull out from from the Palace game, um, Joe Allen, another solid game from Joe. I think he's picked up in the last couple of weeks, especially. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they, they were all pretty good, but um, I thought Joe Allen was brilliant. Sawyer's... Again, Sawyer's was great for a player who's just gone back He from
5: showed injury. what quality we've been missing, did not he? And oh, I, know, just... I know we give Chester a lot of stick. I thought he played okay for once.
3: <laughs> Other than his uh, slip that nearly cost oh, us a goal. Oh,
5: God. Apart from that, um, there was one where I think it was when Crystal Parcher on the attack, he got nutmegged. And then he didn't give up. He won it back, managed to get it down wing. And then Josh Tymon, I think it was the one you know, where he slashed his shot so far wide. But... Yeah Josh time and again showing the quality we have at, at left left back. It's it's a quality squad and we showed that to be fair I thought that Crystal Palace were the championship team in that game.
3: Yeah, too right. Too right it was.
5: Um yeah,
3: so I mean I must admit I'm I'm still I've trying to think of the the subs that came on. Um I was looking obviously the main thing. I, I mean let's say Nick Powell. I actually didn't think Nick had a good game. I don't know about you, I, he had the moments, I mean, and, and well, Andy, sorry, Dan, you made a couple of comments on Nick Powell, um, I think on Twitter that I saw, can't exactly remember what you said, but um, I didn't think Nick had a great game, he didn't do anything wrong, he helped to make it stick up there a little bit more, um, but I wouldn't say that he had a good, had a particularly good game for me.
4: Uh, yeah, I thought I thought he got involved, and the, the thing was they recognised his danger. So every time the ball came anywhere near him, they just fouled him. So his job, I think, ended up being I'm just going to win a load of free kicks here today because I'm just going to be kicked off the park. And I think maybe, maybe they were looking at him and think like, oh, he's always injured. He's made a glass. Just just kick him. We'll either take him We'll eventually take him out of the game, but we'll stop him doing anything. But I think. That was their main tactic when he got the ball, was just just fouling, by any means I so, just fouling. A bit yeah. like teams do with Zaha, probably, with them. Just fouling.
3: Yeah, that's just going to be the problem with him in it. But, uh, yeah, I thought um, Brown and Campbell didn't do anything when they come on, uh, personally. They barely touched the ball. Um, but, you know, they didn't exactly have much time to, to do much at all, to no. be fair. Um, but either way, I think Tyrese... Still needs more game time. We're not going to see him properly, are we till next season, let's be honest. It's quite clear that he's just still not getting up to speed yet. But um but yeah, I mean I think other than that, I think we've probably covered that quite well, unless you guys have got anything else you want to add that we've missed or
5: not really. It was just a solid performance from the lads. And if we can play that week in, week out in the league, mate, we we will finish at least top top ten, I'd say. Obviously it's tough with the championship. Things can change, you know, in an instant. But if we are for seeking this run that we want, it would be, you know, a great, great help. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, a, and a couple uh, of also have gone, Yeah, go on. go on, Dan. I'll, I'll finish after you.
4: Hey, I was going to say as well, like, I think we our man of the match poll
5: was quite hotly contested,
4: wasn't it, between a couple of players. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Josh Timon was one of them. And obviously he got the the goal as well. And I think... It's it's interesting that the the formation we play there, three centre backs and the wing backs, we get the very best out of Josh Timon and he hasn't really been impacting games recently with a four at the back. He's not half not as half as good a player in a back four. So do we maybe look to push him on and play him as part of a like on the left wing and out on our left wing in that formation? Or do we, you know, <laughs> That's the thing like yeah, if we play five at the back, he's in the game four at the back. Do we just go for a more solid left back because he's not he's not terrible defending, he's a lot better than he was, he's getting better at it, but it's still we could maybe have a more solid left back option because he's not getting forward in that role either.
5: And then you can potentially push Josh further forward.
4: Yeah.
5: Uh, one... Or
3: even play two different formations, yeah. one home, one away, wing backs yeah. away. Uh, and a four three three at home, and yeah. attacking formation, yeah.
5: And then the final thing I will mention, do you remember Palace fans going on about Michael Eze and Wilfred Zaha causing problems? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they really did anything. The only thing I remember of Zaha was trying to start a fight with Liam Moore, and...
3: <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I don't. I, I don't think, on him.
5: I don't think Liam Moore is a player you really want to mess with at all. He's built like a brick, you know, brick wall.
3: Yeah, he is, mate. I'm, I'm just going kind of to try and see if I can find the the stats on it, but uh, I remember Zaha, uh, somebody made that comment about him and it was something like zero shots, zero assists, uh, a really small amount of uh, of dribbles. Uh, it was, he had a pretty disastrous game to be to be honest yeah. with you. Here we are. Um,
5: uh, 90 minutes played, zero goals, zero assists, obviously. 14 out of 18 passes accurate. So he made 18 passes in the whole game. Four dribbles as a player who people prize you know to be 30 40 50 million really just wasn't at all no. that quality
3: no absolutely not and then just to finish off uh this section so uh we've got the 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 polls that dan alluded to just so uh two different polls one on twitter one on facebook so uh start with the twitter one so yeah your options were more timing or soyers uh, Alan was mentioned a few times as, as an extra as well. So he will go into the uh, the table for the scores. Um, sadly, it obviously limits the options I can choose. So I had to be picky. Uh, so third place was Moore with 7%, which I thought was very harsh, but uh, 7%. Uh, now, this is the closest we've had all season. In second place was Soyers with 43%. And at first was Timon with 44%. Was one percent difference. The rest of it was more, and uh, and others. So yeah, the others being Joe Allen. Uh, now the Facebook one. Now this is what was interesting. Complete contrast. Third place was Sawyers with thirty-two votes. Second was Timon with forty-five votes, and first was Moore with more with a hundred eight. Massive difference.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I think it really shows how good the squad was.
3: Yeah, as a as a collected
5: vote it was pretty even all over the board for those three.
3: Yeah, it, it was, mate. And um, in terms of some of the comments, I want to just bring up some of the comments because um, I can't mention them all. So I'm sorry if I've missed anyone's out, but uh, so Daniel Martin, I thought several of the lads could get it, but what a difference it makes to the game when a referee can do his job. Great performance. Though. Now let's back it up this weekend. Uh, John, as mentioned, Liam Moore's been excellent since coming here from the swap deal that took into Reading. He put a shift in tonight, but so did the rest of the team. Unlucky with the lob that was cleared off the line. He thought Tymon took his goal well, but one goal was never going to be enough. Dean Wilton uh, says, played well, very sorry, played really well tonight, put a shift in up the Mighty Potters. Michael Butler, I watched more against Wigan. He was very vocal and spent all his time on the pitch, organising the defence, and I can definitely see why he was captain. Uh, Rich Lely, we were by far the better side. And then just a couple more. So Josh Shroff, uh, Liam Moore's been brilliant when he's played for us. and by a mile, says Neil Berg. And Liam Foster said Liam Moore was uh, class, as was the whole team, but he really stood out. So, uh, yeah, quite quite universal comments. And there were more, but like I said, there's just too many to, uh, to mention.
5: I'll say one comment on Liam Moore for you. Do you remember when we first were linked to him so in the comments from Reading saying, oh, he's just going to be another James Chester? Yes. He is the complete opposite.
3: Yeah, he's got a lot more presence. He, he's yeah. been pretty solid. I think we all were a bit underwhelmed, let's be honest. I think I think we all were. Um, we weren't judging him, but I think we were very underwhelmed, if I remember rightly. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Well, uh, that kind of does it for, for the actual Palace game. Uh, let's go and have a look at the Stoke City news. Okay, so um, there's not much news, actually, in the the Stoke uh, remit, to be honest with you. But uh, first off, now today, uh, the financials have been released from the club. Uh, Quite a big debt again uh, released. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for a reminder, by the way, on the whole FFP thing, if if anyone's new to the pod or hasn't uh, listened to it, firstly, where have you been? Uh, But secondly, we actually do have uh, Kieran Maguire, who's very much known as the the FFP expert. Uh, So, Kieran did an hour's podcast with us, went through exactly how it all works. So, if you've got any particular queries or questions, go back to the channels on whatever kind of platform you're using um, and then go and check out uh, the uh, the kind of just the whole ins and outs of how it all works. Uh, It really is fascinating. We're going to try and get him back on sometime soon if we can. Um, just to, to kind of run through the latest figures. So I'm sure you'll all want to listen to that. But um, so anyway, guys, so yeah, FFP released. Um, it was a good 50 million plus uh, debt, unfortunately. Um, what was your initial reaction to that? Were you surprised or kind of what you expected?
4: Yeah, it was um, pretty much... Uh, it's weird, isn't it? Because we, we don't know what actually how much of that actually contributes to FFP, which, again, that podcast that we did before sort of explained it all. That a lot of the costs can get taken out and there's a lot of allowances for um, and things that aren't countable, sort of your academy costs and things like that. So we, it's a bit strange as in like you know, we haven't had to cut back there. We can spend as much as we want on the academy. It doesn't matter. We could spend, we could go and upgrade the facilities and build 25 academy domes if we wanted to. Across, do you know, wouldn't, wouldn't come into play with FFP. Might, but might get some good plays coming through. But, <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's it's. I was I was expecting a big figure, and I think we have to. You have to look past the headline number.
3: Yeah, which is what Kieran said, it. wasn't it? Towards yeah. when he said,
4: it, it's always a shock, and, the, and it's good for newspapers and stuff. You know, to to ban numbers around go, oh look at this. Stoke have made lost 140 million pounds in two seasons, and everyone goes, Oh my god, they how have they not done FFP? Well, it's only when you dig deeper that you actually work out why they haven't fallen foul of FFP. And obviously we we're hoping that we haven't. Um the indications are that we are just scraping the right side of it again. So we'll have to uh hopefully uh, Say so we can get we can get Kieran on to give us a bit more meat on the bone to that.
3: Yeah, it'd be it'd be fascinating. Uh, I saw the the accounts. Um, I think unfortunately, about three six five have only made something like I think four hundred and sixty nine million this year. I mean, got a feel for them to be honest. At least up until March twenty twenty one, anyway. I'm not quite sure how they're going to cope with with that type of a profit. But again, I think considering the world we live in it's, it's pretty impressive. And I think you know, one thing. The owners again get a lot of stake and what you know what they're doing with O'Neill when you know O'Neill was getting criticised as somebody who they don't want at the club anymore. And I saw some comments towards the owners made, and I'm not going to call you out because it's not what we do here. But um, someone saying you know that you know something needs to change at the top. We need we need to get rid. And I guarantee you, you get rid of the Coates family, this club will be gone quicker than you can imagine. Uh, we have luckily no real official debt. Uh, and they won't call it in. But if you think there's another owner out there who's as rich as the Pe- Peter Coates and all the Coates family, you've got another thing coming. So county chickens, they're going to make mistakes. And you're very, very lucky that you—you know, we've, we've got those owners. So that's just my piece on that from a comment I saw last night. Um, Andy, what's your whole take on this? loss, mate? Are you bothered? at Any particular readings? I, mean, I know it's quite complex, the the, the accounts that were released, but any particular insight, mate?
5: Not really, mate. Obviously, we've gone down from was it 87 million to 55 million losses um, this season. Um, it's financial fair player. Obviously, you'd say 99% of clubs have losses. Ours, probably one of the highest. Um, but like we've seen throughout the season and for the past seasons articles coming out of you know saying, oh yeah, Stoke are gonna get hit with points deduction. Stoke are going to get hit with this. Stoke get gonna hit with that. If that was the case, there would be you know Sky Sports coverage of it. there'd be general news coverage of it, but I don't see any worry. I don't think um the Coates fans, the Coates family really want to run Stoke into that danger and if they felt like they were they would probably cut back on quite a bit of spending and that's why at the moment we're signing players on loans and freeze. And if we are signing players for money, it's gonna be players going out for the value of that single player or two players, however we're gonna bring in.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I looked at what how many points Derby got, you no, know, deducted. They got nine points deducted mm-hmm. for for FFP. Now that was after their owner clearly tried to hide and deceive the EFL. Now for me, even if Stoke are slightly on the wrong side of it, it wouldn't surprise me for us to not firstly not get any point deductions. Um but secondly, even if we did, we ain't gonna get given nine. There's no way. There's no way we're gonna get nine. Because we've been, you know, we speak to the league about it. We, you know, we've 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 done our absolute best to get it down we've clearly reduced the wage bill which again all these are factors as per kieran's you know podcast it was all factors so um i reckon even if we got deducted three or six points it's two wins it's absolutely nothing to be concerned about because people think oh point deductions oh we're going to be deducted you know like derby and reading we're not it's not no. gonna be that bad so <laughs> i wouldn't panic either way i really wouldn't
5: if we got deducted you know the same amount that. Derby did, it would obviously send out a strong message that the EFL aren't standing for it, but it, it would be pointless considering the fact that we're not in that bad of a financial situation and I, I really don't see as unless something terribly goes wrong with the running of the club us getting any sanctions really for it uh,
4: uh, that- uh, As well 12, you have to remember as well Derby got deducted 21 points but twelve yeah. of those were for going into administration, and that, is, that, that isn't touching Stoke. Not why the Coates family are around anyway. No, so, so yeah, it, and like you say, they say the maximum you can be deducted is twelve. Well, if Derby only got nine, and they didn't really didn't release it, their accounts for about four years, did they? Because if you if your accounts aren't put in, how can you be proven to be you know um, over the limits for FFP? Because there's nothing yeah. there. And no, then it was the whole happened.
3: stadium thing as well, wasn't it? The whole selling his stadium and yeah. inflated price. So and then, then, trying to fudge it.
4: And then he amortized uh, the, the way that the amortise any players that he signed, where the uh, say say if you sign a player for 20 million pounds on a five year contract, that's four million pounds a year. They did it so that there was like very little going up and then a massive amount at the end, basically trying to give himself four years, say, to get promotion spending an absolute fortune but in that very last year accountancy wise everything will go through all in one go from like four years worth of spending or so so that's what he did he's just tried to trick him at every opportunity didn't he
3: uh but if i mean i mean if any stoke fans are listening they all concerned probably the very worst is going to be six points which is two wins nothing we can't get over over the course of a season so don't worry about it um but anyway i think that kind of covers the ffp side and yeah we'll hopefully get an update for you shortly uh now secondly uh this weekend's game uh is the 50th anniversary the 1972 league cup win which is absolutely incredible to think that it's still been 50 years since we've actually won anything decent um so so yeah um well not quite i mean also glass i suppose you yeah, it's not yeah. that bad we suppose, also came
5: but... close in 2011-12 on it
3: we did. We did. But uh, I, I must admit, the auto glass, mate, I'd never forget that. That was just a dream. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I'm sure the club have got a number of different plans. I know this evening there's been a, uh, you know, the the meal uh, that they've had. So all the surviving members of the 72 squad um, are obviously there, obviously enjoying that. Um now they they did the, the the actual shirt side of things. So the you know, the sponsored shirt they had one thousand nine hundred and seventy two shirts. Um did either of you um have that particular thing?
5: I didn't get a chance to get one, mate. By the time I had the funds they were all sold out.
4: I have got one.
5: Still nice yeah. one, Daniel. Still,
4: still unworn.
3: Are you leaving it in the box or is it
4: going into like am, a case or something? I am leaving it in the it's in the box. Uh, I'll say unworn. I don't know how I looked at it. Put it back. <laughs>
5: <laughs> He's like, that's enough for me.
4: Yeah, it's it's, it's very, very nice though. It's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna, yeah.
5: are you lovely, gonna lovely get like team, framed though. up and that?
4: Yeah, I think I am. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just yeah. just how you do it because it's got the team down the side. But obviously, it comes with it comes with like the like, a team sheet kind of thing as well. So it's uh, yeah, interesting how we do it.
3: I think the only criticism I saw about the the shirts was the uh, some of the lettering being a bit wonky. Um, and not quite being perfect. I saw a lot of complaints about that. Uh, but I think overall it was it was received really well. Uh, the the whole, the club are aware of that, by the way. It's not a big surprise to them that they, they know it's been done. Um, so wherever they produce them, unfortunately, I haven't been able to line up for whatever reason. But yeah, like I say, I know a lot of people have had them. I think vast majority of everyone is really happy with them. I thought it was a great idea uh, by the club. Um and yeah, it's it was good to see. But um so yeah, again it'd be good to it's good to see how this weekend goes. It's good to see the people on the pitch. I mean, I would imagine this is going to be one of the last times that those guys all get together. I mean, there's they've got to be really getting on now, haven't they?
4: Yeah, well they actually aren't all there though, are they? Because George no. Easton uh, is unfortunately is hospitalized, isn't he? He's come over and uh, fell ill after coming over from South Africa where he lives now. So uh, yeah, get well soon, George.
3: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, but it was good to see everybody there. We've got um, 2,500 fans coming from Blackpool. Um, I haven't heard how many Stoke tickets we've actually sold. Now, I think we've got uh, tw- just over 21,000 season tickets. Yeah, ticket I us.
5: was like, obviously, you can get the ticket prices. So if you are a season card holder and you do want to get some of your friends and family down, you can get unlimited tickets for a lot cheaper a price. I think it's 11 quid for an adult and 6 quid for a child. Some something like that.
3: You're right, mate. That includes the the booking fee thing. Yeah, you know.
5: exactly. Yeah. But considering they're bringing, was it around two thousand five hundred, which is you know pretty much the full allocation that the that they get in the away end, and if we can fill up that main stand as well, you're you're looking at pretty much you could maybe even say twenty eight thousand, which I think. It, I think it would show um, the lads mainly that you know the club still got some back into it.
3: Yeah, because it's been a bit disappointing, hasn't it? I know during that midweek game, it was reported like eighteen thousand people, and there clearly was not eighteen thousand there. No. Um, you know, so <laughs> it's 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 things like that. But you're right, mate. It'd want to be great just to to get towards that thirty k barrier. It's and been have a, a long, long time. Full
5: house again. Yeah. Yeah. If nothing more,
4: it's it'd be great for those you yeah, know them lads who. I mean you said fifty years is a long time since we won anything. You have to bear in mind it took over hundred years for us to win that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you know, they, they them lads can stand in the middle of that pitch. Hopefully we bring them out as close to kickoff as possible so Definitely. that you know the, the the place is packed out. And yeah, you know, I encourage anyone. I know I know people who like you know like a beer in the concourse before the game and, and all that. Get yourself in the stand, get yourself in the stand. For when them lads come out and and let let them look around, look at them at, stand in the middle of that pitch, look at all four sides and see a packed out stadium, and then they can think, you know, we we've contributed towards this. You know, we, yeah. winning that trophy all them years ago, it's helped to build this club into what it is here now.
3: And hopefully we don't do anything at half time. Don't do any of that stuff at half time, please, Stoke, because God. if you do, there won't be anyone there to see it. They did it with the Shawcross. And it was a big miscalculation. Yeah. Um, it, if you're like no a club
5: there. like Chelsea, you can sacrifice it. Because you'll still have it. Chelsea's about forty, fifty thousand capacity. You'll still have about 38,000 in. But with a stadium which is like Stokes, like obviously the main stand, that doesn't get many people anyway. So at half time, that's going to have half the people in there as it is.
3: Yeah. So let Let's just hope they don't mess it up.
5: Give it an announcement over the PA 10 minutes before.
3: Yeah, do something. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, And then uh, the the third piece of news. So um, it's more our kind of friends at Duck Magazine. I'm sure most of you have heard of of Duck Magazine, but they have a a physical and a, a kind of uh, virtual, uh, obviously, magazine that goes across. There's some really great interviews in there. They always, they've done the ones with Peter Thorne and, and various different people, um, and uh, they've got an interesting few bits. Now, I'm not going to give everything away because I want I want anyone to go out there and and try and buy it. I mean, you'll find Duck Magazine, by the way, on on Twitter um, as well if you want to look them up and find out how to get them. But basically, those guys will be um, outside, uh, obviously, the uh, the kind of main. Um, Delilah's bar. so they'll be out there from about twenty past one. They'll be outside the club shop as well. It's uh, very clear as day who they are. you'll hear them. Um, so you'll be able to pick up a copy. There's very limited copies for this one. Obviously, it's the fiftieth anniversary. They've got some really interesting interviews. now, Dan, um one of them was with uh, Nick Powell, uh, I believe. I think I don't think no mind is telling that. So yeah, Nick Powell uh, was one of them mate. Um and he, he, again, we won't give too much away, but you know he goes into a his contract, doesn't he? And, uh, you know his his hopes and what he wants to leave as a legacy. If I remember rightly,
4: yes, yeah, it sounds like, like I say he's not he's not happy to to go yet, and we, you know, we can rest assured that he will be in a Stoke next season. And um, but yeah, there's a lot of lot of interesting stuff said, and uh, yeah, I definitely encourage anybody to go and get a copy and, and you know and have a read of it because it's fascinating. From a man who, let's face it, we don't hear much from Nick Powell, do we? That's his talk. You know, that's his. Uh, his feet do the talking on the pitch. He's not
5: watching
4: to um, interviews, but... is he? No, he. He he's doesn't think he's. He, you know, he doesn't crave the spotlight in that kind of sense, does he? So you know, the uh, well done to Duck Magazine to you know sort of nailing him down for that. And like I say, I'd encourage anybody to go and have a read because it's, it's going to be quite fascinating.
3: Absolutely. And like I say, the, the digital comments, because I know obviously with we, we know our our analytics quite well, we, we always look at it and we obviously know that, the, you know, a good majority of you listen from the UK, but there's a lot of people in the US and about, I think, 26 other countries. So obviously, again, they've got a digital version. So just contact them about the digital version and I'm sure they'll they'll sort it out. So uh, yeah, make sure you, you head over on there on Twitter. um, Dan. Under 18s, under 23s. Any particular updates on that front uh, this week?
4: Um, obviously, we gave a, just a brief update from last weekend uh, on the Crystal Palace one. Uh, since then, the under 23s have had a match. They played uh, on, against Sunderland on Monday night and uh, won out three nil winners. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was that was quite nice, uh, including a goal for Emre Tezcal. So he's getting himself among, in amongst the goals at under 23 level nowadays. Good. And then obviously we've also he's not the only striker on the book says he at under 23 level, but you know, uh, we seem to be seem to be having some nice uh, how should we say prolific strikers in our ranks. Because we've also got James uh, James Taylor as well, haven't we? Douglas James Taylor. He got both the uh, second and third goals on Monday night as well. So yeah, he's uh, rattling them rattling them in this season as well. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, seven, seven and sixteen. He's, oh wow. no, sorry. Seven and sixteen in the league He's all together for the under twenty-threes. He scored thirteen goals in eighteen games this season. Wow. So yeah, he's not, not doing too bad himself. I think we picked we picked him up from Salford in 2020, by the way. So yeah, he's uh, 20 years old. Maybe he's gonna get his chance before the season's out, especially if we don't, you know, go on a good run and uh, the season starts petering out. An experiment. You can see him. Yeah, I can see him getting a couple of games, just why not?
3: So there's a, another player that's going to be breaking through sometime soon. We, we're starting to really churn these players out. I mean, obviously time will tell whether they are the next big thing, but it's a lot more promising than it has been in recent years. Um, Especially
5: so... like Nathan Jones, guy Rowett. They didn't give him a chance at all. And then... Michael O'Neill, obviously, he's been an international manager. He's obviously at times had to use young players, and he's if he sees a young player doing well, he would promote them over experienced players. And it's good to see him do it. Obviously, this season, Joe's burst on into the scene, and the loan signs we've done have all been young players, pretty much.
4: Yeah, wow. I think as well. You have to you have to think the the signings that O'Neill likes to make, you know, are players who are young, and I think he's he's very clever in that in that. If they don't work out, you've always got that resale value. So you're not, wherever you pay for a player, if you decide in 12, 18 months' time they're not the player for you, or even in six months' time, in Sam Surge's case, <laughs> you're, likely, you're likely to recoup a lot of that money. So even if you if you if you pay four million pound on a on a twenty two year old, if at twenty four with two years of contract left, you decide it's not for you, you're probably going to get a couple of million back. Even if he's not done very well because of his age and and the experience that he will really have gained and or whatever, so it's probably it, it, it's it's a it's a very financial sound way of running a club as well, investing in youth, uh, whether that be buying young players or investing in the and uh, bringing young players through your system. And I think as well, we're saying, oh, we've got a lot of young players coming through. It's funny, but I can say some of these players we brought DiMaggio in from Southampton. Uh, this Douglas James Taylor's come from Salford. You know, we've got Tyrese from Manchester City a few years back. When players can see a pathway to the first team and can see other youngsters progressing, Joe Bersick's another one, came from um, Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon. The the, cl- the young promising young players will join us because they see that we have a system and a manager who is going to let them progress. And think, well, the facilities are obviously here. The youth coaches are obviously doing the job well, and there's a natural progression into the first team, and that's important for players. And you wonder what you know. It's another thing when that's not been there. We've been for a long time. We were a club that was going very, was going on a very upward curve very quickly. And you think from we were a mid to bottom end of Championship side, all of a sudden we were on the verge of the playoffs. Then we were automatically promoted. Then we were settled in the cha- in the Premier League, um, and then you know we were, then we were in the FA Cup final in Europe. Then we were in the top ten in the in the Premier League. All of a sudden, if you're ninth in the Premier League, it's very difficult to bring any youngster through who's good enough, and that's that's why we didn't at that stage. But yeah, we the, the players we were attracting, we like I say we moved forward so quickly as a club that you wish you unless you have a natural talent who come to your system. Maybe as we have got with like a Teskel now, or we had as a Wilk Andy Wilkinson back then, you are going to struggle to to bring players in because your club is progressing so quickly. Yeah, we're on the other side of that now. We so we are now we we've got some of these players like Campbell and Bursic and that who probably signed for us when we were Championship, you know, Premier League or just relegated from the Premier League. And so actually now they are going to be coming into the side and because now we've got this same natural pathway with them, these suit time and a lot of others. Other players are now looking at us as, as a as a good club to come and play for. And we've got a manager as well in Mark O'Neill who's not scared to chuck chuck if he thinks they're good enough, they're old enough, he doesn't care, you know, what the what the what the base certificate says, does he? He just cares about no. their ability on the pitch.
3: Yeah, absolutely mate. Um either way the future looks very very bright so um, that pretty much does it for the the news this week guys so uh, let's go on and have a look at uh, Blackpool this weekend
4: Yes so hopefully a full house will be there on Saturday or near enough to and uh, we welcome Blackpool with for anybody who does believe we still have playoff hopes I think those are they're dwindling by the, by the week, obviously. But we very, very much need to get back to winning ways, regardless, on Saturday. Yeah, because this is actually our longest winless run this season. Four games, which in itself isn't actually that bad of a statistic. I think to only go four games without a win is you know, your most. You know, I think that there's many teams you know, around 15th, 16th in leagues who can have that. Uh, but yeah, if you do miss the kickoff, other than obviously greeting the, the 72 lads beforehand, yeah, you may as well just turn up at half-time if it wasn't for that, because the last eight games for Stoke, we've only scored in three of them in the first half. And 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 Blackpool, the first half, has been the top scoring half in one of their last eight games. So yeah, don't expect much entertainment before half-time. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, Andy, and Dan Rather, when me and you went to Blackpool away, we were there was nothing in it for like 60-odd minutes, was there?
4: No, it was. uh, But yes, Neil Critchley celebrated two years in charge of Blackpool this week. He's never beaten Stoke in his managerial career. Let's throw that one out there. But they have hit a sticky patch on the travels of Blackpool. Uh, No win since October. So that's nine games without a win away from home for them. Incidentally, that win came one game before they played Stoke at home when we beat them there talking of nine games Stoke have only lost once in their last nine games to Blackpool dating back to 2001 and that was a 1-0 home defeat in 2010 where DJ Campbell scored the one goal in that game the last home defeat before that came 3-1 in 1998 now this game was a bit of a bit of a turning point in our season i know we're looking for it to be a bit of a turning point for us on saturday But it had the reverse effect in 98. Now, if you can remember, Brian Little was the manager. And before that game, we were runaway leaders. We had eight wins from nine games. But but from that point onwards, the last 37 games only gave us 45 points. So we went from runaway leaders to sort of relegation form. Um, So, yeah, we, we actually finished the season eighth. And if you took the last, if you took the last twenty-five games of that season, which was in League One, remember, we would have finished twenty-third in the table, with just Macclesfield below us. So, if people think we're in a bad run of form now, and, and you know, getting a bit, <laughs> the toys are coming out the pram, saying uh, Mark O'Neill out, and yeah, just just think, you know, it, we've had it a lot worse at times, and it can get a lot a lot, lot worse yet. <laughs> Some players who've played for both clubs, of course, we've got Sir Stanley Matthews. Richard Keogh, who's currently in the Blackpool ranks, came through the youth team at Stoke. Also came through the youth team at Stoke and played for Blackpool was Andy Wilkinson, who went there on loan. Carl Dickinson went there on loan. Uh, Martin Patterson went there on loan. Also, we've had Jordan Thompson, obviously, is in Stoke's team, we signed in from Blackpool. Danny Pugh, Charlie Adam, Mark Warrington and Dom Telford we signed from Blackpool Tom Ince of course, of course. Under his, played under his father at Blackpool uh, as you just said there Mike Ricardo Fuller, James Beattie Marlon Brooms Phil Robinson, Lee Hendry <laughs> uh, Richard Forsyth Tony Ellis, Steve Banks Paul Stewart and then we've got some managerial ones Nigel Worthington, managed Blackpool plays for Stoke Gary Megson managed both sides and then Alan Ball as well has been involved with both Blackpool and Stoke. Oh.
3: And what about Mike Sheeran? Mike Sheeran, run, 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 the
4: Sheeran, run. run. She run, <laughs> run, run, run. We
3: all, by the way, we don't really know a lot of these beforehand. That was one of the the, the quizzes on the Seasiders podcast. <laughs> so me and Andy are claiming to know all these players, mate, and uh, yeah, we just remember them off that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> I wish that yeah, but wish yes. week's quiz. That would have been good. <laughs> um, yes, so Andy, I mean, you were far away with your stats tonight. What have you got? First? Um,
5: well, Stoke are actually looking to complete a league double over Blackpool the first time since nineteen ninety nine two thousand season. Um, like you mentioned, with DJ Campbell scoring the goal in twenty ten, that was um, Blackpool's first away league visit to Stoke since December that, and that's he scored in that game. It's the first time since two thousand and ten that they've come to our ground. Um, Since us beating Swansea 3-0 in the league, obviously we've gone winless in those games. Two draws and two losses. But to add to what Dan said, we've conceded exactly two goals in each of those games. Additionally, Blackpool have found the net in each of their last 12 championship games, which is um, their longest scoring run in the competition since October to December 2012, where they scored in 14 games. Gary Medine who is uh, probably going to start for Blackpool at the weekend, has scored seven championship goals for Blackpool this season, which is his second most in the single season, which the last time he scored more was 2017-18 for Bolton, where he scored 10. And two of his goals this season have come away from home, but he's never scored three on the road in a single championship season before. Now, going on to their injury news, um, one of their main fullbacks, Jordan Gabriel, um, left the field at half-time. He's probably going to be out for a couple of weeks with a knock. James Husband is coming back from injury, but he is injured um, still a bit. Everyone's saying he's fit, but we believe Dujon Sterling is going to take his place. Speaking of Richard Keogh, obviously returning to Stoke um, for this game, but he will be still injured, so he won't actually make a return. Sonny Carey as well. Um, he has had limited game time for Blackpool this season. He's out with a foot injury. He's going to be coming back in a few months. Keshi Anderson um, injured his hamstring in the FA Cup defeat to Hartlepool early on in the season. He's going to be out for another couple of months. Chris Maxwell uh, has been the backup to Daniel Grimshaw throughout the season but recently has gotten injured so he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And then the normal midfield pairing of Matty Virtue and Grant Ward are both out injured until the end of the season.
3: So do they actually have any fit players?
5: Well, we thought our injury situation was bad but looks like we had the bit of the spine of the team. They've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players out. So they've got pretty much a team out. Bloody. <laughs> yeah. But we found out a fact, didn't we, that they've had injuries all season. It hasn't really hampered them at all.
4: Yeah, so are are the first team players who are out then? You you
5: most the of them, yeah. Podcast,
4: they are actually would be starting first team Yeah, they would
5: be most okay. of them would be starting except for James Husband, who's a backup, and then um Chris Maxwell who's been backup to Daniel Grimshaw.
4: Uh, so they've got a lot of injuries themselves, and our injury situation. I mean, the, other than obviously Harry Sutar, we're looking in good shape, aren't we? Everybody's yeah. getting there. If not it, it's nice to
5: see an injury list of one player. <laughs> it's a shame. It's like the best
4: player possibly that we have, but yeah, it's it's just a one. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I mean. We've got this is three games in a week. There are, I like I say, certain players coming back into a bit of fitness. We've just gotta protect maybe a couple. I mean, Mike, what kind of team are you gonna be putting what time team would you be putting out this weekend? So it's
3: it's nothing dramatic, mate. I think Andy's probably gonna try and change his formation more, but me personally I'm playing the whole uh four, two, three, one. Uh so I'm gonna stick with that formation. Now uh, I'm going to be going for a couple of basic changes. So we're going to go for Bursic, um, uh, uh, obviously in goal, of course. So he's going to be uh, dropping out for, so dropping in for for Bonham. Uh, Smith is going to go on the right. I'm dropping Wilmot entirely from the squad. So Smith is going to go uh, right back. Jackie alka and Harwood Ballis are going to be the two centre backs. I feel a bit harsh on Moore here. Maybe potentially more for Harwood Ballis, but I, I still great ballast. So, yeah, Jagielka and Hall Ballast. in obviously has to go on the left. Now, uh, this where we're going to probably differ in teams. So, for me, it's going to be Allen alongside Sawyers um, as those two kind of more holding type of uh, midfielders. On the right of the uh, the three midfield is going to be Campbell. Behind the striker is Powell and on the left is Bedace. and you won't be surprised to hear that Major uh, goes up front.
4: Wow. There's one name missing there. Uh, no Lewis Baker. No Lewis. I was a I was gonna
5: clock you up on that.
3: Well <laughs> No yeah. Baker. Now, trust me, I want him to play, but I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to think. He's not gonna drop Allen and so he's had an absolute screamer. So I'm just thinking, again, Baker is he needed as suppose, is, is the question. Uh, it's a tricky one. I'd have to completely change formation. Uh, which, obviously, if you were to put Baker in, you'd probably have to drop Sawyer's and put Baker in. Um Yeah, it was a bit harsh. It was a difficult decision. I've got two teams, and Baker makes one and doesn't make the other. So, uh, I've given you one which is probably the more of the controversial team, shall we say.
4: Yeah, I mean, what about you? Uh, yes, definitely a controversial take. Louis <laughs> uh, Baker not playing. I mean, would you, is he in your team, Andy?
5: He is. Um Defensive line's very similar. I have reverted back to the five three two in my predictions. Um I think Michael O'Neill obviously trialed and tested the four two three one. It did okay to start out with, but then results didn't go his way. And since coming back with the five at the back or three at the back, depending on how you want to see it, we have played very well. Like I know we did lose to Crystal Palace and we did lose to Bournemouth, but we fought extremely hard in them, and I thought we were the better team in both of them. So I've gone with Bursic and goal, was originally going to go with Bonham, but it's, it's tough to know who's going to be that number one goalkeeper at the moment. Smith staying in at right back. And then I've gone with more Jagielka and Harwood-Bellis at the centre-back pairing with time in at that left wing-back position. Midfield, yet again, is different. I've gone with Allen and Baker with Sawyers playing a little bit ahead. And then I've got Madrid striker with Powell playing that secondary striker who can also come back into midfield.
3: Probably a team that I think most people would have gone for, actually, by the sounds of it.
5: I think in that formation, that's probably the.
4: the, the, If he plays that formation, that's probably the team, um, sort of picks itself, if you like. Um,
5: We've been able um, to do that a lot recently, though, haven't we?
4: Yeah, probably the unlucky players there being uh, Jordan Thompson, probably
5: Mm -hmm. uh, the only unlucky one from Tuesday. I'd say I'd I'd bring him off the off the bench.
4: Baker. Uh, myself, I'm going with the four-two-three-one, uh, quite similar to uh, to Mike. Only I've got Baker in instead of Sawyer's. But yeah, Bertie can goal. Smith, Jagielka, Howard, Belly's time, and Alan Baker sitting Campbell, Powell, Phil Jean and then Major up front. Um, yeah, I just I think Tyrese Tyrese on the right. and Other three for me. Uh, Phil Jemba He's had a bit of a bit of a rest after obviously getting you know, getting used to being kicked to bits and and the added attention he was getting so let's see you know what he's made of now he's he's gonna come in and he's got a point to prove Anthony that you know he's not easily stopped. Uh, Nick Powell seemed to to me I thought he had like I say a decent game. He was he sort of kicked to bits a bit once he on Tuesday night like I say and it seems to be a common theme here players. <laughs> <laughs> um I think Magic he didn't have a great deal... The ball, yeah, never re. I think he did, did well with the hold-up play more than we thought he would do And his game. What we were warned about his game was he doesn't get involved. He's more of like a penalty box kind of player, you know, stays between the sticks, and puts the ball away. But he did seem to you know, be able to get involved in the build-up, didn't he, and hold it up and winning it and that. So I was quite impressed with him on Tuesday. Um, so I look look forward to more of that. Uh, like I say, I, I was tempted to, to put Soyuz in instead of Powell. Again, as much as I love Nick Powell, I, you know, I, to me I I play him ninety minutes every game. I just I'm terrified of him getting injured again. <laughs> um, that's just the, you know, just the, the the worry I have when he's played twice. You know, twice already this week. Do we want to risk him on a third game? But the same can be said with Sully as he's been out since December, start of December. Are we going to risk him playing? You know, He's played a lot of minutes on Tuesday night. Are we going to play him again on Saturday? I think we've got Mario back as well.
5: Mario's going to be on the bench. Yeah, I believe Mario will be on the bench. You'll have Thompson on the bench. Um, Brown will be on the bench. Brown, definitely. Wilmot will come in. Uh, with my bench, I think Campbell will be on there. And maybe... Maybe a Fletcher if needed.
4: Uh, Morgan Fox. Uh, he's got two more. Been... Two more. He's got two, he's, seen he's got three games altogether.
5: Yeah, so obviously everyone was saying, Oh, why don't we play Fox, you know, give time and rest. He was banned over all competitions.
4: Yeah, so he's he's banned for uh, obviously this game and, and the bars following. Up. Yeah. Okay. Uh just one more thing to note as well, Joe Allen's two hundredth stoke start. Well, wow. on Saturday, if he play, if he starts the game, um, so yeah, he's been a man who's been in form, joint joint winner along with Lewis Baker of the uh, Every Step Along the Way Player of the Month for February.
5: He's proving all those doubters wrong, isn't he?
4: So yes, he's uh, now he's got somebody like him and Baker seem to be playing off each other at the minute, don't they? So yeah, yeah. long may that continue. Although, you, know like you, you know how
5: you're saying it's two hundred. You know he's <laughs> saying his up start. Yeah, he has made two hundred appearances in total. Well, two hundred and nine for total in Stoke. So yeah, for only nine of, the, well ten of them, he's not started since coming in, aside from injury.
4: Yeah, he's um, he's had a like I say he's just as you know, when he's fit, he plays, does not
5: he? Oh, he's um,
4: And I think a lot of, you know he's played under a lot of managers. He's played under Hughes, Lambert, Rowett, Jones. Jones, you know O'Neill. He's been pivotal to all of them. He's been captain for a lot of them. Yeah, and you know, at, at times you do watch him. You think, you know, what what's he giving? But I think now we are seeing the best of Joe Allen, uh, where he can maybe concentrate on his own game. And yeah, you know, long may that continue as well. Just be interesting to see what the summer brings, and uh, yeah, whether he's whether he's with us after this summer.
5: If he takes a bit of a wage cut, then hopefully.
4: Yeah, I mean what are we thinking then? Are we are we are we going with a, a positive result? I think with especially with the injuries that you mentioned there for Blackpool, yeah, we should be looking at, at getting a win and hopefully you know in entertainment as well, you know, maybe three
5: two, three goals maybe. I'm
3: you know, thinking
5: right? two one. Two one. Michael's gone with a two one. I went for a one one. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds like I'm being a bit unoptimistic. They, um, in their last three games, obviously they had a 1-1 draw to Cardiff, and before that they lost 2-1 to Bournemouth at the very end of the game um, with a 95th-minute winner from Siriki Dembele. But um, they did in their last game also beat Red in 4-1, which shows that they have got you know a lot of quality. A player that we um, know about, we were linked to in the... January chance window, Josh Bowler being their best player this season and just showing the quality that he's got and why we were potentially linked to him and he's linked to a lot of Premier League teams as well. He didn't really have that great form at the start of the season but he's finding it now. So I'm going with 1-1. I think Bowler will get a goal and then um, I think Madge is going to pop up with a goal about 70 minutes in. Well, I think we're
4: going to, be out, I think we're going to go crazy on on Saturday, I think we need, like I say, to the very faintest of faint um, playoff hopes, rest on us getting a really good run going in these next set of games, and I think we we're, we're going to go all out for the win because it's win or bust. We've got a it's going to be a packed crowd. The atmosphere should hopefully be buzzing with what happens pre match and you know the celebrations that are going on. I think they they can be dangerous as well. On the break I think it's going to be A great game It's going to end 4-2 to Stoke
5: 4-2
4: Yeah Madge will (laughs) get a couple Powell will get one Wow Uh, Powell will get one And Tyrese will get one That is bold
5: Yeah yeah, Mike was a bit crazy When he went for his Birmingham prediction (laughs) (laughs) Wow
4: There's not just us There isn't As always We've hunted out An opposition supporter and uh, this time we've got someone from the Seasiders
6: podcast. Uh, so here's Connor's thoughts ahead of the game. This is Connor from the Seasiders pod. In terms of how it's going for Blackpool at the moment, I think most fans are feeling very, very positive around the club. We've got an owner in Simon Sadler and a coach in Neil Critchley that seem very tuned into the fan base, say all the right things. And I've also got the results to kind of prove it. We could win promotion from League One last season, and in our first season in the championship, are now sitting pretty comfortably mid-table as we get to the business end. No real threat of relegation. Um, Our results have kind of trailed off a little bit recently. I think one win in the last five, and that was a 4-1 thumping of a very poor Reading side. so really my hope for for this game is that we're hopefully just able to put in a good performance, hopefully get the win and start to rebuild that confidence as we um, go towards the end of the season and go to the transfer window rather than, rather than limping across, leaving everyone with anxiety for next year. Um, as I say, I think the season's been very, very positive. I think we have... Um, done a tremendous job in our first year in the championship. No threat of relegation, um, so we can absolutely be pleased with that. Um, but there's no, there's no, there's no point in making it hard of ourselves um, as we approach the final few games. So, um, yeah, I think we're hoping for a win, hoping to try and start building momentum again, so that we can finish strong and hopefully attract new talent and feel confident going into the next season. Players to watch out for us are. Probably the, the obvious one is Josh Bowler, who plays in our right wing. He is just a terrific dribbler of the ball. who will run at his man again and again and again, and has made so many defenders at this level just look like fools. Um, since Christmas, he has really, really picked up in form. He seems to be getting on the end product. He seems to have added end product to his game. He's getting on the end of balls a lot more, and he scored. Um... I think it's five in his last seven, um, which is just a phenomenal run of form. Um, his decision-making is improved, and now he's so, so key to what we're doing. A lot of Blackpool fans are hoping we can keep him in the summer, but if not, we'll, we'll probably sell him for you know, multi-million pounds, hopefully somewhere between three to five. Um, in terms of a prediction for the match, I think... Stoke and Blackpool are two very, very evenly matched sides in terms of the quality we've shown this season. It was a bit gutting for you to get that last-minute winner at Bloomfield Road earlier in the season. Um, you know, 10 minutes to go after a fairly, you know, a fairly, you know, cagey game until that point. Um, I'm hoping it'll be the other way around this time with a maybe 1-0 win or a 2-1 Blackpool win i think i think it will be that tight i can't see it being you know anybody either side steamrolling the other so my hope is really for that blackpool 2-1 win you know we've we've done well against sides that like to pass the ball play football you know like bournemouth Fulham, stoke seem to actually be counter to my perception at least you know they, from what i've seen you seem to be really really good at passing the ball moving it along you know you've got this new sexy stoke reputations so my hope is that it'll be a good game of football and It's the style of play that we normally perform better against. So, yeah, 2-1 win to Blackpool is probably my prediction. But, like I say, we just want to start putting in good performances and building momentum.
4: Cheers, Connor. Thanks for that. Yeah, so much appreciated there. And uh, naturally, of course, we're now leading to the one and only Graeme McGarry. Uh, So let's hear what the local radio sensation's got for us this week.
2: Hi there, you Potters podcast people. Hello there, it's Graham McGarry back again after the international break. Hope you enjoyed your little breather from your football. This is Graham McGarry with that Potters prediction. Let's hope we get it right this weekend. Stoke City 2, Hull City 0. Stoke 1, West Brom 0. Stoke are ready to win at home. 2-0 for the Potters. Hi there, you Potters predictors. Once again, we're getting ready for another championship game, this time at home to Blackpool. It's a week, of course, when the club celebrates 50 years of winning the League Cup. It's been a good week for those players who are still involved, now, can those players of today get three points to end the week on a high? It's been a bit disappointing over the last couple of games for Michael O'Neill's side, but he has to put all those disappointments behind him, and it's time now to go on a real long, unbeaten run if they're to make those end of season playoffs. Blackpool, well, they've done well and consolidated in the Championship. They've got one or two good flair players as well in their locker. But Stoke City surely should have enough to take the three points at the Bet365. Once again, I think there's going to be goals. Both teams will score. Stoke to win it, 2-1. Standard
4: 2-1 win from Graham there, Mike. Yeah, he's copied off me, hasn't
5: he? <laughs> You're not copying in this time. Not this time, No. no. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Must
3: well, be he's I'll only see... actually predicted a, 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 the opposition team winning
4: once this season.
3: And who was
5: that?
4: Um ooh, I don't, don't even think he thought for the beat did he?
5: No, he said like we'd win them 2 0 or something like that. But the one thing yeah, I yeah, do I'm like sure. about the one thing I like about McGarry is he's still hopeful for that playoff push if we want to get it. He's still he's still hopeful about it. he'll he'll do it, you know, last game of the season and still say it when we're about 15 points off playoff.
3: The thing is, though, we'll go and do it and he'll be like, Look, I told you so. You shouldn't, <laughs> stop, you shouldn't stop
4: believing. As he's uh counting his money. got <laughs> a good price on Stoke in March for the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, is there much else to say? I mean, no, I think we... we're
5: going to get we... screwed
3: on this quiz, I think, I'm sure. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> shouldn't
5: have reminded him.
4: Right, so shall we move on to the quiz then?
5: Go on,
4: Let's go for it. So, yes, this week's quiz. Now, you may have remembered I mentioned that Joe Allen is making his 200th appearance for Stoke 200 starts.
5: Is it going to it gonna be players who have made more than 200 starts for the club?
4: It is not. Oh. So, yes, so Joe Allen, with his 209 appearances, is number one. Out of the current squad, as in he's made the most appearances for Stoke out of the current squad. Can you name the other nine players in the
5: top ten? Right. Okay. Oh my well, God!
3: Okay, well let, let let's think about this rationally, even people we don't like, right? So, um, <laughs> um we have to give this an order as well. In here, this we?
5: current squad, to make more than how let's many go top to bottom. So it's top to bottom. It's not about number. It's just about how many appearances the made Stoke. Yeah. yeah. Do I uh, tell, tell you what
4: the ten? Is what the uh, the number is for tenth? Yeah. Sixty-seven appearances. God. Okay. Um. So did you say? Sorry, mate.
3: Did you say Joe Allen was number one?
5: Joe, Joe Allen number,
3: number one. Number one. Okay. Well, behind him, I must admit, Sam Lucas has got to be up there.
5: Yeah, he. Played pretty much two whole seasons for his, inning. Um, I think Tommy Smith's going to be up there. Okay, so do, do you want to, for fun, do you want to tell me how many appearances you reckon Sam Clickers has got?
4: God. just well, just a guess, you know, nothing, just he's in there, he is number two on the list. how many do you reckon he's had? Johan's had 209, 150, 198.
5: What?
4: 127,
3: Lucas. Really? Bloody hell. Like, drop that, then. He's, he's way <laughs>
5: ahead, Alan. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Tommy so Smith potentially? Tommy yeah.
4: Smith is third. How oh. many do you think he's had? 100. 100. Bang on 100. Bangor, 100. It, it, Crystal Palace was his 100th game. Oh, yeah, I remember seeing something about that. Okay. So, so behind, James
5: Chester, you know. Chester's to got to be in
4: there. Chester has just sneaked in, number 10, 67. Oh. oh.
3: Okay.
5: Um, um current uh, players. J-
3: no. No, he'd be, t- no, he'd be too no, low, too, I think.
5: Too low. Um how about uh Jacob Brown? it Jacob Brown?
3: Go Jacob.
4: 86 appearances, yep. sixth place.
5: Okay. Could Fletcher be up there? That's the thing, like he Obviously, a mm, couple of seasons. He's probably. had a, a few injuries as well, hasn't he? Um,
3: Go Fletcher. Fletcher? Yeah.
4: 71 appearances.
5: Oh, God.
4: Only 44 <laughs> starts, though. 27 sub appearances. So, yeah, them sub appearances have got him up there.
5: Yeah.
3: Oh, me I mean, Harry Suter has he been in long enough?
5: It's also like Tyrese. Obviously, he's been in long enough, but he's... Got laid off last season with an injury.
3: Uh, at the end of the current squad, they're all that. They're all that new.
5: Yeah, Powell's got go, to be up there, surely.
4: Yeah, go Nick Powell. Yeah, go Nick Powell. Nick Powell, ninety appearances, fourth place. So, so which so, ones are we after now? So you you after fifth? Uh, there's two joint sevenths, and ninth. Harry Suter you going with Harry Suter? Yeah, yeah.
3: It might be the ninth guy.
4: He's 11th. 63 ah,
5: appearances. Yeah, 63 games. Are we counting players out on loan or not? Uh, there
4: aren't any on the list. Okay. The, the highest out on, on loan is Peter Atibo and Tom Edwards, who are joint 12th with 51 games each. Wow. So Tyrese then? Tyrese, got to be on there. Tyrese. Tyrese is fifth with 87 games. So, incidentally, for those Tyrese haters who love Jacob Brown, not that I'm dissing Jacob Brown in any way here, but Tyrese Campbell has played 87 games to Jacob Brown's 86 and mined 23 goals to Brown's 15. And actually, Campbell's only made 50 starts, whereas Jacob Brown has made a lot more. <laughs> so, so, yeah. we tw-
3: need a joint seventh now.
4: Yes, yes. Joint, two, the, joint seventh and ninth. Oh, no, so you've
5: got now? i I've seen you, Stephen uh, Well, I'd say Timon. Timon could potentially be.
3: He could be that low.
5: Um, You could also think maybe Jordan Thompson, but it's... God. Uh... <laughs>
3: this is tricky now, isn't it?
5: Yeah, when you get somewhere like it's joint, I want to put Thompson up there, but I don't think he's made enough.
4: Timon for one of them, Dad. Yeah. Timing is one of them, yes. Yeah, 61 starts, 13 sub, 74 games. So that's the number you're looking for. Somebody else has made 74.
5: I want to go Thompson. I want to go for I think throughout the seasons, obviously, he's been in and out, in and out of the team. But I feel like, considering he's come off the bench quite a bit, he's going to have totaled up. And at the moment, he's seeming reliable. He's been a quality player since he's been here.
3: Okay, go with that then
5: go with Thompson
4: Jordan Thompson 51 starts 23 sub appearances Dan you made games. us panic for a sec <laughs> 74 games yes Nice. so yeah there's top 10 like I say Sutu at Edwards were next then Joe Bursic for, and then Morgan Fox is 15th and obviously anyone below that Wilmot Vrancic people are all during
5: this season is that two successful quizzes and two? Yeah, two I've podcasts done well, one? mate. Next podcast will be a zero out of ten or whatever I'm calling it. you are gonna have to get tougher ones. Now, damn, we like these ones. Please don't.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so I think that pretty much rounds it up, doesn't it? No midweek podcast for you. There? So that was a one-off. Sorry, people. you to have to wait <laughs> a whole seven days for us. You're gonna have to well, wait then... until
5: next season for a midweek potentially.
4: Although we did we did tease you uh, earlier on that we may be in touch with Kieran Maguire, so uh, we're at it, we'll be at his beck and call by all means. If whenever he wants us we'll be there, won't we mark.
3: Yep, so we are not gonna give him much notice. It will literally be we'll do the podcast with with kieran and we'll probably put it out the same day or very latest the following morning so um while we're saying nothing for seven days it could be literally landing within with no notice at all so if you whatever platform you're on if you've got a subscribe button or whatever it is then just make sure you hit it and you won't miss it
4: and whilst you're there yeah. If you're on iTunes, give us a nice review because we haven't got many of them yet, and we know you were listening. So,
3: because we don't ask for them, in it that, that's our problem, mate. We just yeah. assume everyone's we're
5: everyone not turning turn to YouTubers, going and like and subscribe so we get there.
3: <laughs> no, I've, that's, I've what, seen, that's what I
5: do.
4: <laughs> I was going to say, I've, I've seen a certain YouTuber, and Flux, I think his name oh, is. Oh, mate, does he uh, Formula One? Yeah, he said like and subscribe why right in take this corner. <laughs> Anyway. Not quite that bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. Um, Three points to the potters on Saturday and we'll be all happy, won't we?
3: (laughs) We will, mate. Up the potters. Up
4: Up the the potters. potters. Six points better off when we see you next. See you later, folks.
0: Bye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.